Welcome to Don't You Forget About Me, the New Wave Music Podcast. My name's Steve. And I'm T-Bone. We'd like to welcome you back to episode three of Don't You Forget About Me, the New Wave Music Podcast, the podcast where we like to focus on new music from your favorite bands of the 80s and 90s and what they've been up to. Today for episode number three, we're going to be focusing on Danny Elfman was the lead singer of Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo was officially around from 1980 to 1995. This is Danny's actually second album, but let's be honest, his first solo album, Solo, back in 84, was essentially an Oingo Boingo album. Oh yeah, no question. Uh, I mean, it's been 37 years between that 1984 solo album uh, to this new one here that was produced in, uh, well, uh, it was recorded in 2020, but uh, released in the summer of 2021. And as you mentioned, Steve, he obviously was busy between those 37 years with uh, doing 100 plus uh, film sound. Yeah, and before we get too much into it, just to bring our listeners who might not know who Oingo Boingo is, which is a shame, you may remember their hits. The biggest one, probably Dead Man's Party. It's a dead man's party. The other one would be Weird Science. So this album here, let's talk about this one from Danny. I've got some some mixed emotions on it. Yeah, and the album is titled Big Mess, and I don't think that is coincidence. Let's give you some history on, on how this came to be. Back before uh, the dark days of COVID, back in uh, late 2019 or early 2020, Elfman was announced to play Coachella, and it was a, an announced a show that was... A, came out was going to be called From Boingo to Batman. Which I'll be honest, as a Boingo fan, got me excited. Didn't really expect Danny to reunite with the boys as Oingo Boingo. As COVID rolled out, Danny then released a re- reworked version of the Oingo Boingo song, Running on a Treadmill. I know it's on your mind, but it's not what you think it is. Running on a treadmill after you, and I'm running on a treadmill now. Running on a treadmill after you, and I'm running on a treadmill which was amazing yeah it's not included on this album but it's definitely worth uh, searching out. he did put that on his website as a download and i'll put a link to that in the show description after danny released running on a treadmill it was announced he was going to release an album his first single he dropped about a year ago now back in october 2020 called happy Right, yeah, Happy and uh, Sorry, those were two songs that were intended to debut at Coachella in 2020, uh, along with playing other Boingo songs and a number of his soundtracks. Yeah, so, I mean, when Happy came out, as a fan, I was happy. I liked it. It definitely had that Boingo edge. also had that Danny edge. As we kept getting initially more songs he would release on the 11th of each month, starting in January through the album's release, kind of got a little less and less excited the more I heard. Yeah, well, let's just start off. Uh, at the beginning of the album. First of all, I want to say if you are a Boingo fan and you're looking uh, to buy this album, or if you're not a a real big fan, but you know of Boingo, the first thing I want to say is don't be scared away by the nightmare cover for this album. Uh, It is Danny Elfman as a freak show. It's it's classic Elfman. I mean, if you've seen the videos that go with the, the cover art, but as a Boingo fan listening to this, I really think this probably is the direction you would have got if Boingo continued after their 1994 album. Boingo, where they dropped the horns, focus more on the guitars, the more subtle industrial. 
Yeah, it it, it it you could really say that it does sound like kind of an extension of that Boingo album. It's definitely darker. Uh, I, I would say that this album is uh, more of an angry, desperate, depressed, and political Elfman, uh, more so maybe than uh, back in the 80s and the early 90s when he was with Boingo. No kid, no, no question. Um, Danny has said in the interviews leading up to this album, part of the lockdown as we all were in, he started writing an album, couldn't stop, and that, that definitely comes across in his mood. Oh, yeah. no, I mean, being produced at the height of COVID, it clearly documents the time that this album was pre- produced, whether that's COVID, isolation, Donald Trump. One thing I do like on this album is Danny did bring over Steve Bartek. Right, for orchestration. Which is great. That comes through in so many songs. But let's, let's dive into the album. Uh, the first track on it was not the first single, but it was, I think, the first single in January after Happy was Sorry. reminds me actually of a uh, as we just mentioned a straight uh progression from the boingo album in particular insanity uh the song insanity that uh where you have the child chorus and uh it really does feel like an extension of that song to me yeah, I really, I actually really like this one. Uh, again, took me a couple of scenes to kind of drop my back in the day of the horns and the Oingo classic, Oingo Boingo. Take it as it is, what it is now, and it, I really do appreciate the song and like it. Yeah, no, and, and when you mentioned the, the lack of horns, yeah, it, it is not the horns type music that he did with Oingo Boingo. It is definitely more of a straight out, hard on goth and hard rock uh, album with uh, so many of these songs on here. It, it, takes things to a little bit more of a, uh, I don't want to say industrial sound that uh, he moved on from, from Boingo, but it definitely is a much harder album than uh, earlier stuff. Yeah, when this first came out, I had some friends referring to this as Nine Inch Danny. Yeah, no, that would, that would fit in. And, and it's interesting that you'd say that because Robin Frick, uh, who was with Nine Inch Nails and Guns N' Roses, does a lot of the guitars on it along with Josh Freeze, who was with Nine Inch Nails, and interestingly enough, also Devo, he does the drums. Um, and so there is going to be that little harder edge to this music than maybe in the past. Yeah, and that, that definitely carries it out in track number two, true, the song True. Um, this has been one that they just remixed recently with Trent Reznor. Right. And I think there's a rumor that there's a remix album of this coming out. Of oh a full word. big big mess remix album coming yeah, out. Yeah, that that could make things very interesting considering how unusual this album is on its own. Um, and then we get to the the third track. I actually really like orchestra work on this one. In time. In time, we And it leads right into Everybody Loves You, which is a track I, I like. I had to grow on me because it's like nearly seven minutes long. Everybody loves you. They do. Try to emulate you. That's true. Yeah, it is seven minutes long. And if you've listened to our previous episodes, you know how I'm not really all that big on 
uh, overly excessively long songs. I mean, it's not a bad song, but it's probably for me one of my least favorite songs on this album, primarily because of the length. It just kind of goes on and on for me. But yet the length of Insanity was about this long. That's true, but maybe it was just something about Insanity that uh, the everything from the lyrics to the music, uh, especially the choruses on, on that song and the With Here Sorry, that, that uh, I don't know, it, it, it pulled it along better for me. But yeah, this song, is, it's good, but it just didn't do much for me. And then the fifth song on here is probably one of my become one of my favorite ones on the album. It's definitely dark, orchestral, dance with the lemurs. Dance with the lemurs in the moonlight. Dance with the lemurs in the moonlight. All night long. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, because, uh, yeah, uh, there is orchestral uh, parts of it. But for me, the song really felt more like a jazz song instrumentally yep. uh, with, uh, you know, that orchestration blended in with it. And I was really surprised um, how it has that a jazz sound to it. And if you ever want a time capsule of songs that are kind of how the state of the world was in 2019, 2020, the next two songs, Serious Ground and Choose Your Side could definitely be an easy recap for that. Right, absolutely. Um, Serious Ground is a really kind of a grinding song, and the the vocals on this one in particular remind me of Boingo. Um, and Choose Your Side. Oh, Steve, where do we start on this? Uh, it, first of all, it, it opens with dialogue from Donald Trump saying, it's a great day for our country. And I think we, you and me, Steve, we can both agree that and we're not going to, this is not a political uh, podcast, but we can definitely say for Danny that he is not a fan of Donald Trump. When did our fear start taking over? When did our brain start shutting down? When did our eyes get all glazed over? When did our minds get filled with flowers? When did the light start sh- no, I mean, listen to a lot of the lyrics, and a lot of these songs reflect, again, of the state of the, the, of the, of the U.S. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He sounds, and I thought Danny sounded actually a little bit desperate on this song, on the Choose Your Side song. Uh, it, it just sounds like he, he's had enough. I think in 2020, we all kind of got to that point. No question. Uh, we Belong, I like it. It's a, very, it's a very dark, and Danny has a very, you can tell his tone, his vocal tone is, has matured over the years. We stay. You haven't heard him much since like 94 was his last Boingo recording. He's done a few songs for some soundtracks, but his voice has definitely got deeper oh, and that no comes question. across on the, on this track. Yeah, no question. He definitely does. Uh, I don't know if he's maybe even doing it on purpose or it's just the way his vocals have changed over time, but he definitely has a, a more baritone, almost bass uh, sound to his, uh, his vocals these days. And it, it's much, it's much deeper. Um, that leads us on to number nine, which is called Happy. Everything is shutting down. Shutting down, shutting down. Poison, poison. Happy, 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 happy. For me, I don't know about you, Steve, but for me, this is the highlight of the album. I absolutely love this song. And I think the reason why is it. To me, most of it sounds very cinematic, 
And I think this song could have been actually produced for A Nightmare Before Christmas. It, some of the vocals and the, the musicianship comes straight out of that movie. I would say Nightmare Before Christmas, or even going back, it reminded me early of Boingo, how it came out, at least the first half of that album, classic yeah, oh, tones. No, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of connection to that last uh, Oingo Boingo album called Boingo. And it does a great job kind of bridging that album to, to Danny's new one. You get halfway through that, you'll know when it makes the turn. Even though they were decades apart. Yes. The next two tracks, Just a Human and Devil Takeaway, are probably my least favorite on the, on the album. They're ones I, after listening, only listened to really for this podcast, and then I'll skip over those two. Well, and I wanted to point out, and I, I got to agree with you, I mean, these are some hard rock songs. I think Devil Takeaway, you, you'd swear it could have come straight from a Soundgarden album. I mean, it is... <laughs> it is Pretty hard, uh, rocking sound. And along with that, I just wanted to comment, I, I really felt that the second half of the album was far harder than the first half. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely two different halves of this album. Uh, and it, it's a, it's a, it's an emotionally, or at least not, not emotionally, it's mentally draining album to kind of listen to in, in one sitting. It, so let, let me bring this up here to you, Steve, and see what your thoughts are on this. So so we have, we've only done half the album so far. I mean, I think you mentioned yep. a moment earlier that there's 18 tracks on this album. My personal opinion is that's too many. Uh, but what I think could have been done, and maybe it just wasn't his plan, is that he could have split these two apart as two different albums. Uh, not necessarily, you know, one through nine and ten through 18, but maybe selected different songs so that they had different tones to them and make them a little bit more unique. But for me, 18 songs is is just too many for a single album from him. See, to me, this just reminds me of back in the day when you go buy a CD and it'd be like the double album where you'd have disc A, disc B, yeah, or LP. No, I, I hear where you're coming from. I, I just think as, as one album, this is maybe a little too much mentally and emotionally to get through. So we'll just jump right back to Just a Human for just a second. There is, I did like the chorus in it. It did remind me of, of your classic Boingo all in harmony, kind of bizarre, quirky lyrics. Which takes us to the next track, Love in the Time of COVID. I wonder what this could be about. I like the music on it a little bit, but it just, I kind of grow tired of this song. Yeah, I, I liked it maybe a little bit more than you. I, there's definitely some very interesting lyrics if, you, if you're listening to those, like this shit is no fun and nobody likes you. It encompasses what the COVID area felt like, in my opinion. Yeah, and maybe that's also why I don't like it. It's just, just we just want to forget about the nightmare of 2020. Yeah, and this album is not going to let you forget about it. No. Track 13, Native Intelligence. I uh, kind of actually grew, on, grew to like this one a little more than I did initially. Um, it might be that chorus. Trust me, children, trust me, darling. Are you talking about taking a bath in cyanide? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just classic. Um, and then it leads us to better times. I don't know if you have a take on that one. The spectacle's about to begin, and everyone's here that matters. 
There's one little hitch, hope you forgive The chattering monkeys, they broke in Creating some damage Well, you know, to me, it encompasses exactly what we've been talking about with 2020 and, and early 2021. Uh, it, it's a simple message, you know, here's to better times. It, it's a hard-rocking song, but I, I think its message is maybe a little bit more hopeful than some of the other songs on this album. Yeah. The next three songs, Cruel Compensation, Kick Me and Get Over It, I could get over these songs really quick. I hear you. I, I'm not, I don't want to disagree because I think you're right in the most part, but I must say Kick Me, the 16th song, is absolutely hilarious. It punches celebrity and wealth right in the face. And I believe, if I remember right, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe if, uh, that one is one of the shortest songs on the album. Yeah, I think it's only like just uh, over two minutes. Two minutes, yeah, yeah. just barely over two minutes. And uh, to me, it just, the sense of humor in that song, uh, but it, it worked for me. But yeah, Cruel Compensation, uh, Maybe Kick Me, and Get Over It uh, are not necessarily the strengths of this album. Although I must say, Get Over It for me, vocally, it worked for me. Now, musically, maybe not so much, but it, I like the lyrics. I like the way he presented his vocals on that song. Yeah, and it could be also, like you said, it's, it's just a long album. And by the time you get to these songs, if you're listening in a straight sitting, kind of mentally exhausted. No question. You know, I mean, last night before we did this uh, recording, I listened to the whole album to put together my ideas and my notes on it. And by the 15th, 16th song, I, I was wearing down. And then to close this out, Danny does another cover of a, of a classic Wingo Boingo song, Insects. Insects crawling all around, insects squirming on the ground, insects gooey, squeaky, chewy, should I eat them? No, I'd rather stop, hit them, stop, stop them while I dance, and then we bunch you dance. A little bit different take. If you saw them on their 94, 95 tour, it kind of sounds like how they performed it without the horn section, or 94. That's before they got back for their farewell tour. Yeah, I really think it, it still retains some of the playfulness of the original, but it is clearly made for this album. Yeah, and I do like how he added a verse in it about the uh, insects going back to Washington. <laughs> Daddy. So again, overall on this album, my initial viewing, like I said, as a, as a lifelong Boingo fan, I, I, my expectations were set at something different. I had a different album in my mind after hearing Happy and didn't really like it at first, was ready to write it off, saying it's a big mess. As I've come to re-listen to this, I do appreciate a lot, probably over half the songs I actually would listen to again and again on heavy rotation. Yeah, and that's maybe why I think if he had done it as two albums, it might have worked a little bit better for me. I do want to say I, I will recommend this album. If you're a hardcore Boingo fan, absolutely. I mean, there's, a, there's no reason not to include this in your collection. If you're not as big a Boingo fan, you may still enjoy it for the lyrics, the vocals, and the instrumentation. But, you know, as Steve said very early in this, uh, in this album, as we discussed it, uh, you need to keep in mind that unlike his first solo album, this is not what you'd call a Boingo album. Now, it does have that similarity to their last album, but if you're a fan of their 80s, albums this this is not that no but i think it would be a continuation if boingo was still in exist today where they would have gone from where they were in 94 to the progression to 
how Danny wanted to move it musically to harder edge, more of the industrial sound. Yeah, I mean, we can never really know for sure, but I think you're right on that. I mean, obviously, the uh, Oingo Boingo albums started off with a very similar sound, and then they went maybe a little bit more on the mainstream pop kind of sound, and then started getting a little bit darker at the end, and I think you're right on that uh, assessment. And then to kind of continue our theme with Danny Elfman, or because it's October, and October, at least over here on the West Coast, is essentially Oingo Boingo month, as they usually use plate their famous Halloween shows. Uh, we just want to end this talking about the reissues that Rublin Records put out. They put out the only Aladdin uh, album, Nothing to Fear, Good for Your Soul, and Dead Man's Party. These are all been remixed, remastered, and they do include some bonus tracks. So we're going to kind of go through those real quick. On the only Aladdin album, they did include the demo, what's referred to as the demo EP, with only the early versions of Only Aladdin, Violent Love, Ain't This the Life, the 10-inch and 12-inch versions. And I'm so bad. I'm so bad. Past the time. Lie in bed. Hotel room. TV set. Got to move. Might be dead. Catch a ride. Only a Lad was obviously re recorded for the album Only a Lad. Uh, Ain't This the Life was featured in the Arg Music War. And, and I'm so bad was on their farewell tour. Um, as a fan, I like I appreciate having these. You can definitely see the early vocals from Danny from from then to to now for from his album on Big Mess. Uh, Nothing to fear that included the uh, bonus tracks of Better Luck Next Time and Private Life, the single. Better Luck Next Time uh, was featured on the last American Version soundtrack, and I really appreciate being able to have a nice, good version of this song available. Right, yeah, and as you kind of alluded to, some of these songs just haven't been available readily for quite some time. Uh, You know, that one in The Last American Virgin, I don't remember the last time I heard that one. Uh, The next album that came out that they redid was 1983's Good For Your Soul, and this is probably one of my favorite Oingo Boingo albums. I will say, if you're on the fence of getting these remastered, pick it up. It's worth it for this album alone. The remaster job on this has been fantastic. But it also includes a couple songs from the Bachelor Party soundtrack, Bachelor Party. And Something Isn't Right. Something Isn't Right is one that really should have just been on a Boingo album. Very similar sound overall to uh, to one of their earlier albums, for sure. And then finally, the last remaster that they did was 1995's Dead Man's Party album. Uh, this one contained a lot of the uh, various mixes, such as Just Another Day, Dead Man's Party, Word Science, the singles or short versions, Stay the Stay Late mix, Dead Man's Party, Party to Your Dead mix, Word Science, the extended dance mix, But it also included a song that they uh, did for a live compilation album previously of unreleased tracks to raise money for the AMC Cancer Research Center. Take your medicine. 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 
This is one of, grown to be one of my favorite Boingo songs. I love the horn work. It's just classic. You got the horn work. You got the guitar riffs from Steve and Danny's vocals. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm not always all that interested in remixes, but these work. You know, these there's some great songs to begin with, but these remixes really do uh, add a little bit extra to the songs, to already great songs. Highly recommend that you do pick up those albums. Uh, and Ru- you may want to do it soon. Got an email from Rubenlin Records the other night that they're thinking that they don't know if they're going to continue doing these uh, based on various factors, pressing delays, shipping delays, pressing costs. Kind of sounds like they're going to kind of wait and see how first quarter goes next year. But if you do think of getting these, I would definitely recommend picking them up. It sounds like once they're gone, they're gone. They're not going to be doing any press uh, back pressings. They do have them on LPs and CDs. And again, I've got a link in the show description for that to support them. Which is a shame because they have done remasters and reissues of other groups also. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're they're maybe you know they're going to have to make a decision if it's something that they want to continue doing. Yeah, I hope they do. I'd really like to see the the back end of Boingo remastered and out on these. But again, that's just kind of me being selfish as a fan. All right. So now we want to just go over a few music news items here at the end. Uh, I'd like to talk a little Depeche Mode for everybody. First of all, uh, David Gahan and Soul Savers are going to have a new album out in November called Imposter. And if that sounds like maybe it's a covers album, you would be correct. Uh, It's a collection of songs, a reflection on Dave's life, uh, songs told by others, but with his own distinct voice. That should be very interesting. And uh, almost maybe more importantly for everybody... Uh, the groundbreaking Depeche Mode 101 documentary film and live concert is going to be available again in December, early December, with a new HD edition, which should look fantastic. And also, just on touring front news, the English Beat announced the other day that they're no longer going to be touring with The Fix for their winter 2021 tour. They've uh, canceled their tour dates. The Fix is still continuing to tour. The English Beat has said they'll, they'll continue their tour back in spring of 2022. And another thing that Steve and I are very interested in is an upcoming tour next year in 2022, including the Mission UK, Chameleons, and Theater of Hate. They're going to start in early September in Baltimore, work all the way around the country until it ends back east again in in New Jersey in October. And uh, yeah, this this tour... uh, Bands that Steve and I have never seen live, and so that's probably one of the main reasons why we're so excited about it. Check uh, their websites, themissionukband.com, chameleonsmark.com, and kurtbrandon.com for tickets and uh, locations where they'll be playing. Tears for Fears released a new single for their new album, The The Tripping Point. duo's first album since 2004 the title track the tripping point that they released is fantastic excellent um i can't recommend this more than than i can uh it's great the album will release in february and you bet we'll be recovering this once it releases no question you know it it, is just a the vocals on it uh between roland orzabal and kurt smith just takes me right back to the to the late 80s i i was so happy with this if you haven't seen the video do check it out. The funny thing is, I think Steve would agree with me, 
The funny thing is that Kurt Smith looks a little bit older, but looks exactly the same as he did years ago. Roland looks a lot older. Came oh. across, it kind of shocked me. Older? He looks like he belongs out on the streets. I mean, <laughs> that guy needs to get a haircut and maybe a shave. Yeah, I know we're all getting not getting younger, but that just kind of made, made me have a reality age check. But I, I'm really looking forward to that album come early next year. Well, we can only hope, I, I, I will beg and pray, that they'll go back on tour again, because I remember numerous uh, times seeing them back in the 80s, and their shows were a highlight. So thanks for listening this week to Don't You Forget About Me, the New Wave Music Podcast. We'd like to remind you that if you do like this, please like and subscribe on your podcast of choice. And tell your friends. We also have our Facebook page available. Drop us a line through email or on our Facebook page on any episodes that you may want us to cover. Don't forget that the email address is Don't You Forget About Podcast, and that's don't without the apostrophe. So Don't You Forget About Podcast at Yahoo.com. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with episode number four. We're going to be highlighting the last two albums from Gary Newman.